You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd. As always, your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Uh, guys, obviously, Combine Week. So we're going to get through that. But uh, guys, once you get in the car, get the key in the ignition, get yourself buckled up, ask your stereo. Press play. Locked On Browns podcast. Have them run up the newest episode for you guys. Uh, as, the intellig- uh, as the technology advances, we have to do less and less in this world. And for me, it's nice to actually say something and have somebody listen to it and do what I've asked. Um, we're going to get here to the first day of actual combine workouts. Offensive linemen, uh, running backs got into it today. Um, some good, some bad. We're going to start with the offensive line, which I, I, I think... As this class is going on and on, I, I believe it's turning out to be a better class than maybe some anticipated, um, whether it's offensive tackle class. Look, I mean, a lot of talk was Jonah Williams, and there's still talk about whether or not that is the best spot for Jonah Williams. But we're seeing more and more with the offensive tackle class that it, it's it's a solid group. Um, you see the Browns have been heavy in who they've been meeting with. Uh, they've met with a lot of the offensive tackle class, which is interesting. Uh, look, Greg Robinson on a one-year deal. Hubbard, uh, who knows what their plans are and what they felt about last year. Obviously, they're, they have a reserve, so they can go four deep, at least on the interior. Um, after Hubbard, after Greg Robinson, it's a crap shoot at best. Uh, but obviously, from NFL Spin Zone, Pete Smith here joining me for this. Um, Pete, just some initial pressions for the first day, but we're going to get into this you know, interior offensive line. Um, you know, obviously tomorrow we got the rest of the skill going, which we're looking forward to. But you know, first takeaways from today. Oh, the, my first takeaway had nothing to do with what was being tested. It was the fact that J- good Josh Allen is as big as Nick Bosa. He's a like monster. So if he tests like that, are you really going to take Nick Bosa over Josh? Good Josh Allen? Come on, like that's 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 a question people are really going to ask. I never would have expected him to come into two sixty two. That's enormous. And, um, and almost 6'5". Right. And then the other one... He had almost a full inch on Bosa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one's obviously people suddenly remembering that Ed Oliver is good at football because he weighed uh, at 287. That, you know, not surprising how that quickly that happened. I remember, I'm old but enough here, to remember when people had him in the second round. As a linebacker. Or or that nonsense. But before. here's here could be the caveat, though. Ed Oliver, please work out on Sunday. Because if he doesn't work out on Sunday, now all of those who lost the weight battle, oh, see, maybe he's not that athletic. Meanwhile, you know, the guy has nothing. But, I mean, you could watch YouTube for four hours watching this guy work out. Um, But if you're Ed Oliver, and, well, look, you should work out because not many scouts really have the Houston Pro Day (laughs) marked as one they want to get to. Um, Go in there, tear it to pieces, take the microphone, toss it to the side. See you all in April, guys. Top 10. Uh, yeah, I'd but, rather he not work out. Go ahead and have people tell you, tell t- tell everyone he's terrible. Yes. I'm good with that. Not only that, let's talk about how great the quarterback class is, and let's really get those guys going. Yes. Let's uh, push up Daniel uh, Jones because he knows Eli Manning. Yeah, but on the field, um, everybody, you know, with the exception of very few people, might as well just start over with running backs because either their board blew up or guys they were betting on completely fell apart, or guys that are never talked about. Alex Barnes from Kansas State uh, tested like a stud. 
Uh, and Miles Sanders, who I you know I mentioned on the show before, I think could well be the top running back in the class. Tested like the top running back in the class. I mean, he was outstanding. And uh, you know, if you're searching for a guy, and, and I know people are going to sit there and wait till the very end on Josh Jacobs. Miles Sanders has done it on the field. Now he's done it testing. He doesn't have to do anything except his positional workouts and stuff. He's done, and he's great. So that's where you're at on that offensive line wise. This was this. The testing results were a mixed bag in some respects, but at the same time, this is a very, very good offensive line class. Um, you have now a offensive tackle, offensive guard, and offensive center who have all made very good cases. They they, sh- they should go in the first round, and there's certainly more than one offensive tackle, but uh, Chris Lidstrom, the guard from Boston College, certainly has a case to be made as a first first guard. We, we talked about him as just a mean old son of a gun and a little bit old school, and then he kind of shut everybody up today. With like, hey, you guess what? I got some athleticism as well. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a, a very good day, and then uh, the center Garrett Bradbury was a freak. Um, he had he had a fantastic day. Now the Browns don't need either of those things, uh, so it's all about the tackles and Juwan Taylor. You know. Had had something with his hamstring. I don't think he did anything today, but he did the positional drills. So you're sort of waiting on that. Uh, maybe, Andre D- or maybe, just maybe, somebody wasn't ready for a full workout because they dropped 50 pounds in two months. But hey, that yeah, and I, you know, give you but kudos credit. to him because that was probably something that his camp came up with. Say, hey, look, shed what you can because I mean, he was still going to come in appropriate size. Um. And to me, Andre Dillard has solidified himself as the best offensive tackle in the class. When we did the mock draft, I had him going to the Bills. I think that you know should basically be in pen. However, you know this Jonah Williams thing has gotten to a point where it's it's reached absurdity, um, and it's not his fault. Rest assured, it is not anything he's doing. But in the past three days. I've seen him mentioned with David Bakhtiari. I've seen him mentioned with Joe Thomas. Yes. I've seen him mentioned with Joe Staley. These are two of the three are going to the Hall of Fame, and the third one might. And Jonah Williams had a solid, but, uh, you know, a, a very solid day working out. He looked good in drills and stuff. But not future Hall of Fame day. But. I don't know how you come to the conclusion that he – if you're saying that it's based on the tape, how you can go watch the Clemson tape, watch the Georgia tape, and go, he's the he's going to be a first – he's going to be our first tackle off the board. And that's not to say Dillard's not without his warts. Certainly the senior bowl at, raised some questions in terms of guys beating him there. Uh, but to me – he, he has better tape, in my opinion, for what I'm looking for, which everybody's different when it comes to offensive linemen. And he also tested like an absolute freak at 315 uh, and, and 6'5". He's got all the, you know, he checked all the, you know, quote unquote, checked all the boxes, did everything you could want. He's done and he looks great. So now instead of worrying about setting up for testing something else, He's just working on becoming, you know, becoming a better offensive lineman. So he's he's in the catbird seat in front of that. With with uh, Williams, he's not ideal height. I don't care about his arms. I don't. I'm uh, height will always trump 
arms uh, when it comes to that stuff. Caleb McGarry, for example, is 6'7". I think he's got shorter arms than Jonah Williams does. I don't care. He's 6'7". Uh, so Jonah Williams, you know, I, I'm uh, th- as this goes on and when we get to the draft, I'm going to be fascinated to see if somebody really believes in him. It could be the Bills or, or the Bengals. If somebody's willing to go that high with him or if they like Dillard better or if they like, you know, Juwan Taylor better or whatever. Uh, and then the last thing I'll mention with this is uh, I sort of tease this is, is Caleb McGarry. Again, I did the mock draft and I sort of bet on the fact that he would test well. He showed up at six, seven and, and, you know, I think high three teens and he tested really well. He's not Colton Miller, but Colton Miller was a genuine phenomenon in terms of how athletic he was. And Colton Miller's tape was not very good. And he went, you know, top, whatever was it? 10, 11, uh, with him and him yes. and McClinchy. And then, so I think McGarry at worst is going to go in the top 50. He's got better tape. And at the same time, when you look that good at, at that height, teams are going to talk themselves into a guy that big and that athletic with tape. That's decent enough into the first round. Like I had him going to the Eagles. There are teams that need tackle help at the end of that first round. Maybe the Patriots, if they're not comfortable with the kid they drafted, uh, win. W- yeah, win. They've got you know they may end up with it, but and and it's if he is sitting there at forty nine and the Browns pick something in the first round, uh, other than tackle, he may be the guy that they take there. He he may fit exactly what James Campen's looking for. I, I cer- Dillard certainly does. So very good day for the offensive lineman. I think. You know, I, I think I come away with the fact that there's going to be at least five offensive linemen who warrant first round grades, and you've got a couple others who didn't do everything that need to fix some stuff or just didn't do it, like Jawan Taylor, who could possibly be in that mix. That's that's pretty good. Um, you're, you're, this league is always starving for tackles, um, and the thing is, even if they fail a tackle, you can always kick him inside. Um, Jawan Taylor, this was something I was worried about. I mean, it seemed like a massive weight loss to get to Indy. Um, I still like the story and I like the determination. I just think this is a kid, whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do. Because, I mean, he was, you know, an overweight, you know, I hate to use the term, but, you know, almost a slob. And look, if you want to go D1, you want to go to big schools, this is what you got to do, son. He, He met that hurdle. Now we're talking, okay, he was a good player, productive in his, you know, high 320s and his 330s. <clears throat> They're saying he lost 50 pounds in two months. You know, if that's the case, I mean, you love what the kid and you love the determination he's got to stick to this. You know, I, maybe this was something I talked about and, you know, and Pete had mentioned it, you know, was whether or not he was going to be, you know, fit enough with all of this weight loss, weight loss to come in and do you know this it doesn't seem that extreme but the pressure is on and there's just so much different i mean it seems like a simple workout but it, it, the the amount of pressure you're under at the combine it's a whole different story um maybe you know he'll finish up the testing as pro day obviously should look good there it'll be interesting what the weight is that day um you know the, the, the washington kid i'm sorry uh, dillard dillard's going to be at the washington state pro day he's going to be there like he's hosting the event you know, serving hot dogs, whatever it is, you know, I mean, here, what, you know, he'll be there for whatever individual scouts want to talk to him directly. Um, The Browns focus for me. Um, Is offensive tackle a possibility at 17? If you can get 
a couple of guys in free agency. If you can add a pass rusher, obviously one name is off the board already. Brandon Graham re-signed with Philadelphia today. Um, can you get a D tackle? Is still to be played. You know, situation yeah. still to be played out that way. We'll see. We'll it's see. it's 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 going bad in a hurry. It is. It's it's getting dry quick. It's getting dry real quick. So that would still be the dream scenario if you wanted to draft an offensive tackle at seventeen. Um, but look, obviously they're, they're the Browns are looking around at the offensive tackle class because you cannot predict free agency to this point. So we'll see how that all plays out. But the offensive line, I, I thought it, 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 this was a a day where it, they looked better as a whole than anybody thought. Um, but look, I mean. The need isn't big here. You're already six deep for the Cleveland Browns. And yes, whatever, you know, if you're taking that as a shot on Desmond Harrison, take it as a shot on Desmond Harrison, yes. I don't really care. But you're already six deep at the offensive line position. Well. Okay, go ahead. I I think it's, I'm not going to say it's likely. I do think it's a real possibility, though, that the Browns do take an offensive tackle there. But it would be entirely based around the fact that somebody like Andre Dillard just sitting there that they don't expect. And they're doing their homework in case that happens. And I think in the case of Dillard, they probably didn't talk to him here. They probably talked to him down at, in Mobile, uh, which is fine. That's why those events are there. Um, the problem you run into, and I wrote about this, is the Browns are about to be $41 million in the starting five offensive line this year. If Greg Robinson is great, they aren't going to be able to afford him. Unless they franchise tag him, they're not going to be able to sign him to a long-term deal. It's just or not. somebody else is leaving. Or they've got – and J, he's going to be a free agent. J.C. Treader is going to be a free agent. Personally, I think they would they, – the between the two, he's more likely to resign. A, he was better than Robinson respective to his position. And B, the interior is more important than the tackles are in this scheme. And they're less likely to want to change anything up on there for the sake of Baker Mayfield. I could be wrong on that. But – he becomes a free agent, and that could be where Austin Corbett ends up in that scenario. Chris Hubbard is not a very good tackle. He's a mediocre to average tackle. He's going to make $7.3 million this year. So the Browns, in a real cap situation, not talking the rollover cap where they're at you know, $245 million because of rollover, in the 188.9 or whatever it really is, it's a little over – 20%. It would be close to 22% of your cap is in five offensive linemen. They can afford it right now. Going forward, they cannot. Uh, it's going to dry up quick in terms of the salary cap. Joe Schobert's going to have to get paid. Larry Ogunjobi's going to have to get paid. You're going to have to set aside money for, you know, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. You're going to have to decide on Jabril Peppers, David Njoku. Demarius Randall. Demarius Randall coming up. You, you know, if you sign Richard Higgins to a tender, as I fully expect they will, He's going to be a free agent again. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions. I think, per, you know, based on, you know, the way it sort of works, I think you're look aiming to be in a world where you have three premium offensive line contracts. At this point, it would be Betonio, Zeitler, and one more. So if the value is there, I could see them taking an offensive tackle there. Whether it's to be the right tackle or left tackle, they're going to need one of them. And, or and, you play right tackle in 19, and you're going to be the left tackle in 20, or yeah. you do a vice versa. Who knows? Yeah, it, but the bottom line is the thing they, they have to avoid is getting caught flat-footed, where suddenly they have two crappy tackles that they're suddenly chasing because they have to, uh, and they haven't 
come up with a plan for it. That's the argument for it. Do I think it'll happen at 17? Unlikely. Again, unlikely, but it could happen. It's more likely to happen later in the draft. My guy Oliudo certainly looked the part uh, today. I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this. Uh, and, and his bench reps for the size of his arms was insane. Um, and that's a guy, if you hired this guy in Campman, you draft him and you point him to him and say, this is you, get it done. Right. Or, you know, if Caleb McGarry falls to 49 somehow, or you trade up at the end of the first round to get a guy. I, you know, Titus Howard, I've got some questions with his agility. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, it's going to be somewhere they're going to have to find more answers. And and I, for the people who dislike Austin Corbett because of that pick, this is where it could happen. Is because they're going to get to a point where they cannot pay five linemen Six, this kind $7 of money. million dollars a piece. Yep. Right, and that's literally what it is. Uh, you know, the the outlier here is Zeitler, who's making like twelve point four. Uh, everybody else is basically at seven million, seven point three million. You're again, the, the Browns do not suck, so they're getting to the point where they're going to have to make real choices, and yep. the best way to do that is to get rookies on rookie deals who can plug and play. So that's where that could be a possibility. So um, go ahead. No, I mean that's that's basically yeah. it. I mean, the, the only other thing I will say, we mentioned the deep tackle class is dying in a hurry, and they are. The one guy I will mention who came in with an interesting weight is Charles Amenahu, who came in at 280. That's not far from being a defensive tackle. He could certainly lose a few and be a defensive end. But if you listen to John Dorsey, it, it, who knows? I, who knows what this really means? He talks into a code that only makes sense to him. <laughs> Talking about. If they want more length on the defensive line, he would like. Don't get three. much longer than Charles yep. Amenahu. Yep. If you want to plug him in at that three, or you know, you know, guys like Montez Sweat, who's another you know ridiculously long guy. But if that's a real thing, and that's not some weird Dorsey code that doesn't mean long arms and tall, I, that's the guy I would start keeping an eye on. And and he, we'll see how he tests this week. But he's got the production. He's got an interesting body type now, and if you know, he looks like a guy who could genuinely be in the picture at forty nine. So that'd be one guy I'd be very interested to watch as this goes forward. Yeah, some three techs who can pass rush. Pretty much an exact quote, guys. Um, and the one thing, uh, Caleb McGarry, guys. If you hadn't read this guy's story, uh, Ben Solak from the Draft Network, uh, I guess did one on one with him. And, oof, I mean, this kid been through a lot. So he becomes a guy, and we always, and we talked about this, whether it was Kalen Saunders, you always get a couple of guys who have a great story within a draft class. Caleb McGarry is one of those guys. If you haven't read it, check it out. You know, Google it, uh, you know, Caleb McGarry Draft Network. Great story about what this young man went through to where he is now. Very, very interesting young man. And obviously, you know, and Peter talked about, you know, as well as he looked and tested, basketball background at six foot seven. Definitely looks the part, plays the part, athletic enough to do it all. So, guys, if you haven't, checked that out. iTunes, rating reviews, guys. Um, if you could, drop me a five-star over there, please. Written review here uh, helps all more uh, more Browns fans find it. I appreciate you all for doing that. Thanks. Pete, and then we kind of get to the running backs. And you kind of, first thing you do is kind of, eh. It was, it, I mean, we've... There's been years where we've had ridiculously good running back classes, and just one after another, they lined it up, ripped it up, tore it up. Today, 
Not so much. Uh, you know, obviously Josh Jacobs is a bigger name. You know, groin injury, quote unquote, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe he um, may have pulled. He may have pulled it hiding, but you know, he look. The bottom line with that is now you don't have a fallback. You got one shot at this, which is why I never understand the strategy. I always looked at it like and here's got this the and, swings. Take and here, the swing. And here's the thing, and we just as we talked about the other day, Alabama's pro day is usually within a it's about two, two weeks. weeks after. Yeah, after the con- so if the groin was maybe an issue today, is it gonna be a hundred percent in two weeks? And then, like Pete said, there is no fallback from there. Um, the running back class, as far as who tested well and who didn't test well, the names you really weren't expecting. For the most part, with the ones who didn't test well, and Pete's going to get a chance to gloat here a little bit. Um, but one I will go with right off the bat, and this is one I talked about, and we talked about him declaring and whether or not it was a tough spot. But Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State, I mean, just smashed everything. I mean, whether it's the forty, whether it was the vertical, whether it was the broad. I mean, and he's got the tape in Oklahoma State. Maybe it was a question of whether or not there was too much competition for him in the backfield and where the team was going to be in twenty nineteen. But Justice Hill, and he, he said this uh, with Matt, uh, Matt uh, Miller, with Connor, Connor Rogers, who's been on the show here a bunch of times, Sick to Football Podcast. He said, you guys don't understand it. I'm going to, te- whatever testing numbers you're hearing are, aren't doing me justice. I am going to come in and I'm going to blow it up. And Justice Hill, no doubt about, was one of those guys who did do well today. Right. Um, has not done his agility stuff, but, uh, and once you get past the fact he's 5'10", 198, then you suddenly go 4-4, 40-inch Vert. vertical, 130-inch yep. broad jump, 21 bench reps. And, you know, even if you don't think... Some 200 pounds, 20 bench reps. Yeah, this, so when, when you see this, my immediate thought is, you know, what so much of this class is, which is like running back by committee types... This suddenly becomes a really attractive op- option in that type of thing, where if you think he can be a guy like a James White or those type of things, where you find ways to get him the ball and just let him do his thing. He doesn't need to be <coughs> as if this really you know, truly exists anymore. He's never going to get 25 touches, no. so don't worry about it. But if you believe in his you – know, find if you're a team that can find ways to get him the ball – uh, then, then you do that, and we'll see, you know, what ha- what happens when uh, when the, when the, he goes ahead and finishes testing. But I, do not be surprised, and I'm not saying this is rational, but this is just how this stuff tends to work. Is if he's the guy who suddenly gets called Alvin Kamara and all that stuff that, you know, they didn't give him the ball enough, blah 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 blah. Uh, but but look at him and look at all these athlete- athleticism and all that, like. I don't know if he'll be on day three, but he seems like a perfect guy. Where if you're just looking to add a weapon, uh, and you don't really consider, you know, you don't say he's running back. Basically, what Duke Johnson is, you can call him whatever you want. You find play, places to get him the ball, and you let him do his thing. And he, look, I mean, for him, and, and, and all the credit to him, because I mean, this was an opportunity here, and a, you know, and a lot of people had a lot of this cemented with this running back class, you know, as what they thought was the best up top, and a lot of those. Dominoes fell. So let's go with one name here before we get to the good of it. Um, Elijah Holyfield. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if we kind of woke his dad up from his nap right now, had him go 40 for 40, you think Evander would take him, Pete? This, he might. I mean, 
It's official 478. Uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, I talk, we talked about it. He's a power back. Like, he went yep. between the tackles, and I kept seeing this stuff. And, a little you know, scampering here and there, but all of a sudden, oh, second round. We're not talking about Elijah Holyfield enough. But this is what happens when you get these guys where there's not enough tape to give a true assessment before you get to the combine like we did. And now there's a bunch of people scrambling because they thought Elijah Holyfield was something maybe that he isn't because there wasn't enough to go off of. And maybe that's the reason he wasn't the featured guy. Like, this is the thing that tends to happen. And this is what, and this is what you said with Gurley, with Michelle. Look, and our wars with Chubb and Michelle. The one thing that was not mistaken was there was enough to make and put plant your flag on either guy. And I think we both kind of won, and we'll admit on that. But there was enough. But the, with all that's going down at Athens, Georgia, and they still love to run the ball like they do, why wasn't he getting the opportunity to get a thousand yards a season? And that's and, you know, and that's that's we'll see how that carries over. But I have a feeling that's going to be the same case with those receivers that, you know, those things that happen. But you know, four seven eight man, you start to wonder boxing history. D- did my man bet on bet bet on the over and, and take a dive? Mm-mm. He wouldn't be the first. Um, but this is where we're going to go with the good moment here. Um, and obviously a guy we liked. Uh, Adam Memphis. Actually, in both of them. Both of the Memphis kids. It, it, and Pete, who wanted to give the Memphis offensive line the Heisman Trophy. But uh, credit to them both. But uh, obviously Henderson. Solid effort today. And this is, you know, maybe a bigger Devontae Freeman um, obviously a faster Devontae Freeman, but a really, really good day. And we've seen enough for him where you can give a full report where Josh Jacobs, you couldn't. And look, Josh Jacobs, you know, I'd say 99 out of 100 right now will probably get drafted higher because he went to Alabama and not Memphis. But uh, Henderson today out of Memphis, fantastic day and solidified with the, the the speed, looked it on tape, and he solidified it today. Right. He's another guy who just did all the explosion stuff, still has to do the agility. But, you know, you're 208 pounds at 5'8". Uh, you put it before 4'9". You know, and I think part, part of this is what happens is, you know, when you're that small, you tend to look faster. Uh, you know, that, that mighty mouse thing gets going. Like, big guys tend to look slower than the – tend to tend to be gliders and stuff and but a guy like him he just scoots uh big broad jump you know 10 foot one inch nice vert good day on the bench press like he he was as advertised really uh which we can't say about all the speedbacks uh in the in or the alleged speedbacks the supposed explosive guys he did he was exactly as as he was supposed to be at the combine uh did everything you know explosion-wise, and, and confirmed what most people thought. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it, and he put himself and solidified it here. You know, a lot of other guys dropped you know, and did not test nearly to what we're hoping for here, so maybe it turns out to be a, a weird class in that respect. Um, my guy, Benny Snell, with a 4.66, uh, looked good in the other stuff. You know, Benny was never going to blaze it up. You know, we talked about him. You know, maybe he deserves the treatment that maybe... Elijah Holyfield got, you know, where you actually had three years of a resume as opposed to, you know, some games here and there where he maybe got 10 carries. 
Um, uh, Dexter Williams out uh, uh, of Notre Dame. Uh, some nice testing numbers. We'll see how that plays out. But Pete, some other running backs today who, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say it was a terrible day, but some other running backs who did catch the eye. Oh, Travion Williams. Uh, I really like this kid's tape, and his three-cone is brutal. He was slower than Andre Diller, the offensive tackle. Um, so, may, you know, that's one of those, hopefully, you know, something went wrong and he's got to fix it at Pro Day. Uh Devin Singletary, this was a guy Oof. who was Oof. was tabbed as Mr. Explosive. Give you him a window. You sank my battleship today. <laughs> yeah, he was the he, you know four. He, he was the guy you give him a, you give him a, a hint of daylight. He's going to take it to the house. He was slow and everything. Uh, he jumped well, reasonably well. Nice vert, just not what people thought he was going to be. Meanwhile, the opposite end of the spectrum is is you know. Miles Gaskin, who came in, you know, with good weight, 205, uh, you know, I, I think that's a surprise. And he may be, you know, somewhat artificially inflated in that respect. Decent. Uh, he's bench, not, his bench backed it up, though. I, he, he did close to 20. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, but the thing with a guy, like, a guy like Miles Gaskin is, that's it. There is nothing more you can get. The guy is completely maxed. Absolutely, and and it's not like he had a great day, but he certainly had a solid enough day. Where if you're one of these people who are like, you know, just pushed him off to the side, I think you have to, you know, rethink that. He can be a guy who can help a football team. He is a guy who knows what he's doing, and I think the bench is just a, a evidence that he spent four years at Washington getting and, after the weight room and their t- and their athletic programs uh, and their athletic testing. And their weight programs are known to be off the charts. That's what got Kevin King drafted where he was. One of the greatest three cones ever in the history in Indianapolis. So, uh, Mike Weber, you know, had the nice 40 today. That did not surprise me. I thought he, he'd run fast. The guy who did surprise me is his rival, uh, Karan Higdon. I did not oh my see that <laughs> coming out. I did not see that one coming. Uh, It was funny because Higdon ran, and I was like, wow, looked a lot slower on tape. And then we got the first Singleton 40. I said, wow, looked a lot faster on tape. And the whole thing kind of continued to proceed from there. Yeah, and I I don't, you know, I I don't love either one. But all of a sudden, you know, in a class that's going to be full of these day three types. And there's a big question mark between who's who's the third to tenth ranked running back. Yeah, I mean, it just got more than muddled today. Yeah, and I think this class is largely, you know, those type of backs. So, you know, this is not a great running back class. But there's no such thing as a class where you can't find guys who can help the team. Uh, and that's that's what we're looking at. And, and you know, he didn't blaze a 40, high four, you know, great 40 either. But Damian Williams had a solid day in yep. terms of explosion. Uh, and, and, again, he's not a guy who's going to come in and single-handedly answer your running back questions. But he is a guy who's going to contribute, and 216 pounds, you know, he's a. Th- I, I think in some respects maybe he might surprise in that element, but he's a lot like Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson way more productive coming out of Miami, but in terms of a guy who's going to go out and catch passes, uh, which is at the same weight as Duke Johnson, that's you know a good good setup for him. I think he can be a nice player. I think he can be similar to the dude in Miami, who uh, Kenyon Drake. You, you know, you, there's there's often looked at like these guys who are stuck at Alabama to be seniors are like failures. 
but he's not. He's just a solid football player who would probably have been, you know, Damian a, Harris. Yeah, Damian Harris would have been a great, great, great player at another program, and he was just a good, pro, good player at Alabama. And there's, you know, there's something to be said for that. Uh, I think he will help the team. He just, and he, you know, it would not surprise me in the least if, if he's, if he ends up having a substantially better career than, than uh, Josh Jacobs does. We shall see. And you guys, you had heard me talk about you know Benny Snell maybe being a guy I liked later on. You know, Damian Harris from Alabama may have replaced Benny Snell in that. Uh, tested much better, obviously to come from Alabama. You know, the production was there, and it uh, will always go back to this: Why was he giving the ball more than Josh Jacobs? I mean, you got to kind of trust Nick Saban in this scenario. Um, and the thing with Devin Singletary, as far as his forty time, and this is supposed to be this great elusive escape back. He put up the same official forty time as Benny Snell, who me and Pete told you was a you know hammer to nail running back. So that's where a guy like Singletary. I mean, I, it, it could I be think, a tough spot. But I think Benny Snell gave you exactly what you would expect out of a guy, out of a guy like that. Benny was Snell. one that didn't shock. That no, was one that not, didn't shock. not even the four six six. I mean, just his day in general. He you know nothing eye popping, uh, but nothing that you know says don't draft me either. He just gave you what you sort of expect from that type of back. The Herman, and, the Herman Boone. Remember the Titans is like Nova Kane. Eventually, it'll get it done. Right. So you know, certainly you fall. You know, again, he did not have a bad day, but this is a guy where you basically fall back to the tape and the production, and you go, yeah, this is exactly what we saw on tape. And he's probably gonna be, you know, if he's sitting there and he goes and like. Round five or six, I think he'll out, out. I think he will overproduce that draft slot. I think he's a guy who's clearly shown that he not only could carry the load, he could carry an offense, which is what he was asked to do at Kentucky in the SEC against tough competition, and he did it. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, guys, you listen here to Locked On Browns. Pete Smith, uh, Pete Smith joining us uh, as as always here as we do the day to day stuff. Obviously, so covering the combine. Um, we went over the offensive line group here. Uh, the offensive tackle class shined. Uh, some guys on the interior center and guard, obviously. The BC kid, Bradbury, showed some very, very good days. Running backs, it was a really, really, really strange day as far as the running back class. And I, I, I would not be stunned, guys, here to see boards from some of the bigger guys. Uh, a lot of change at the running back position between their 1 through 10 in their rankings. Um, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter, Locked On NFL Network, at Locked On NFL Net is on both me- uh, social media accounts. You get everything run through the accounts, whether it's you know me and all the other 31 team-specific shows, the fantasy shows, uh, the draft shows, uh, the Locked On NFL podcast as well. So Locked On NFL Net, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, guys, go ahead and make sure you're following over there. Pete, tomorrow for me is the day. This is my favorite one by far. We get quarterbacks, we get tight ends, we get wide receivers, and look, it's you know, the testing is great, but we're going to see. This is kind of where we're going to separate the men from the boys here. Um, the quarterbacks, it's big. Look, Kyler Murray and Pete, you know, to your credit, we call you had called this weeks ago. There is, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, once he became fully committed, he was late to the party. So for him to go and do this tomorrow, no. It makes no sense for him. And look, his dis- in, anybody wants to say, oh, he should be working out tomorrow, his 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 path is a lot different than anybody else's. So, you know, this is where we're at with Kyler Murray. 
Um, personally, I enjoy the kid. Um, thank God I don't need a quarterback. So wherever he ends up, it'll be fun to watch from afar. But that's another story for another day. He's not working out tomorrow. But who, give me some names you're looking for tomorrow, Pete. Because it's been interesting, uh, you know, DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry putting up 27 reps, which is weird numbers for wide receivers in the in the bench. But it, well, and the other thing is, is let's hope most of them work out. But tomorrow's my fun day, Pete. This is what I enjoy. And you know, I know you got a little nervous about the tight end bench numbers, and maybe they need to be adjusted as the years go on here, as these guys become more athletic and less traditional. But you know, some thoughts here going in tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow should be fun. Uh, you know, of all the of all the drills, I find these the most interesting. Obviously, it helps that there's a ball involved, um, but you do get to see more stuff. Uh, you know, not only is it how guys get in and out of breaks, it's you know how do they do that and then catch the football. Um, you know, how does a guy? have a drop and then get over it or does it carry over where suddenly the guy you know it gets in his head and he can't function because of the pressure that's on the moment um you know it's fun i you know i, I hope the quarterback classes can throw the, can throw it anywhere near these guys so we actually get something to look at uh because there there's all kinds of talent all kinds of shapes and sizes and there's a ton of questions to be answered in this class from the athletic stuff you know a guy like Nikhil Harry, is he going to be, you know, he's a great body control receiver. Is he going to be able to, you know, prove that he can separate? You know, a guy like Jalen Hurd, I don't know what he's going to do or isn't going to do. Not gonna, he's not going to do anything. But like he put up 23 bench reps, the former tailback. I'm not surprised, but, you, you know, he continues to be intriguing. Uh, and, you know, Andy Isabella, how does he do – you know, back to back in reps and some of these things, uh, where where you've got such a difference in size and and, and stuff like that, and does his, his speed pop off the tape? And is he getting better? You know, it's not like the Senior Bowl where there's a little bit of an element, maybe of competition. Well, that one on the other one. part is yeah. you're not. There's no you know uh, little clip moment where you can sit there in a break for three seconds just to make somebody look bad. You know, there's nothing there but to get out of your break quickly. Yep. Is he going to be able to sort of respond in that element? So there's no, it's, there's no vine moment. There's no get right. moment. Do the route like it's supposed to be freaking done. And then, yeah, the, the tight end class is fascinating. There are so many guys, different shapes and sizes. Uh, you know, Noah Fant, is he going to deliver on, you know, the astronomical performance that people have been boasting? Uh, if, if if he does, then you know there's there's going to be a lot of guys basically moving him up based on something they were already aware of that he's a yes. really good athlete. He ran four four nine. Let's count it twice. Right. So you know, fun day. Uh, Jay Sternberger is another one I'd like to see. You know, in this type of environment because he's such a big ath- athletic threat. Uh, that yeah, I, I I can't wait. I, personally, I'm I'm more waiting for Sunday, but Saturday is always fun. Well, and there's one name you failed to admit here, uh, it, it, and it's our guy in out of North Carolina State, wide receiver Calvin. Oh, Calvin Harmon. Yeah, you know, I'm Cal- waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. I, I think he's going to run faster. I think guy's been sleeping on him. I think he's uh, because he's not you know, because he's more of a technical guy. 
he just does his job. And and for some people, they seem to regard him as slow. I don't think anything I've ever seen out of him looks slow. But he's also a powerhouse, and he, he plays like that true X uh, that can outbody people. Uh, I think he is in for a great day. Uh, I will be surprised if he doesn't. And but but if he if he does that. You know, if you're if you're if you're one of these people who's saying, well, the Browns really need to get a receiver in the second round, uh, and you want a true X and potentially somebody who can fit Baker Mayfield, which a lot of these guys that be, are tossed around in the second round don't, uh, then you know he could be a really really good player. Well, he's a fantastic route runner, which is what we keep telling you. Baker does not need the elite of the elite athletes; he needs the most sound of route runners. The interesting thing, Pete, is going to be DK Metcalf. Because, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a way DK Metcalf can, well, I mean, it, it, unless he runs sub 4-4, but I don't know if there's anything DK Metcalf can do tomorrow that's going to make him look better than they're already carrying him. Um, it's almost kind of like a bunch of soccer moms and housewives where somebody hired the new pool instructor for the kids to teach them how to swim. It seems everybody's just there with the hand on the chin like, oh, my God, he's so dreamy. Uh, yeah, yeah that, and that, there's no further evidence of that when people are moving him up based on how he showed up, how much he weighed. 1.6% uh, body fat. Which I'm fairly sure is unsurvivable. Apparently, yes. No, apparently, scientifically, that does not work. So, I, assuming he survives the night, I'm looking forward to seeing him tomorrow. But, no, I... I you know, I, I don't think he can possibly live up to the, the hype that's been built up for him. He didn't do it at freaking college. Why should he do it at, at this type of thing? I, he, I'm he i sure he will have some great, great, great moments. It would not surprise me if he runs, you know, 4-4. He might even crack 4-3. What I'm curious about is if he then turns around and runs like a 7-3-3 cone or, you know, has a really slow 4-5 type short shuttle. I know he can run a straight line. Can he do the things that are going to make him successful at the next level? How many times can you send him down on a streak and throw the ball over his head and hope he goes and gets it? That's never been a question. It's the other stuff that actually makes you a good receiver that he's got to prove. And if you want to watch DK Metcalf tomorrow, watch him on these short intermediate routes. You know, are the balls caught with the triangle hand formation, whether it's high, whether it's low? You know, at the face, triangle, nose of the ball goes into the triangle. Low, same freaking thing. These are things you want to see because, look, if you want to draft this guy top 10 off of what you've seen to this point production-wise and on film, it, it's it, it's almost Russian roulette. Yes, the athleticism is there, and it's there for days. There's no doubt about it. And there's still this other shoe to drop. We'll hear about the medicals and whether or not he's cleared every hurdle there we're going to hear about that soon enough, but he's got to do everything you expect because you are literally almost to the point where they want to talk about him in the same respect of Julio Jones, which is disrespect to Julio Jones. So you better make sure if you're going to crown him in the Denny Green terms, you better make sure you got enough evidence to crown him. Now, having said that, I hope he crushes it and somebody takes him in the top 15. Yes, because that just means one more guy. The Browns. I, I think the other guy who's in that same boat who can't possibly uh, live up to how 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 well people are talking about him. The people who love him, anyways, Hakeem Butler, super divisive prospect. The people who love him love him, love oh, yes. him hard. Um, so I will I, say one thing though. You know, Butler, who does have a lot of drops, 
he needs to learn to play more to his size. Because when I see a guy almost six foot six jump and drop a ball that's at his, you know, chest plate, bro, you're six six. You didn't need to jump. Some of his stuff is more needs to be refined. Maybe it's because he played at Iowa State. Um, and look, if he wants to be there at 49, and that's something you're looking for, and Baker Mayfield, we know, knows how to throw the ball to his players where they are comfortable with it, maybe it'd be a better fit. I think Akeem Butler, sometimes the athleticism gets the best of him. Remember that you're six foot six. If the ball goes over your head, then it's over everybody's head. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll be the thing I'll be watching with him that he doesn't have a helmet on. I want to see if he's bouncing when he runs. Um, if he is, he may have the same issue that that Braylon Edwards had coming out, where you know when you run like that, and, and typically this is guys t- less typical of guys who run track because they tend to run smoother. Yep. Uh, but if you don't, and you're a guy who runs, and the, you, you know your body's really bouncing. When they look back at the football, the football is bouncing, makes it really hard to track. And for people who remember Brilliant Edwards, it got to a point where every ball thrown to him, he was jumping for. Uh, and that was largely the reason. It's the, it was the only way he could really stop the football from bouncing. Almost knocks off your equilibrium. So I will be, you know, and, and I don't know if that's true of Butler or not, but that's one thing I will try to be watching tomorrow because if that's the case, that would scare me because his drop rate is legitimately scary. And I do think there's some elements where, you know, it's like Braylon Edwards, where Braylon Edwards had some spectacular plays and then left you going, oh my God, on some of those, like where the ball bounces off his face. Yep. Yeah, we had that happen week 17. And that's why these, uh, and also, guys, here's the other one I'm, Everyone, yeah, the story came out today. These slot receivers are looking for ten to fourteen million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that happened, kids? No. Why do you think these guys are looking for that money? Somebody got that money. We're not going to mention who, but somebody got that money. Um, guys, we're gonna have, we'll be back tomorrow night, obviously, with the skill. Uh, we'll be back Sunday with the D line and linebackers. We'll be back Monday night after the secondary wraps it up. So a great start here into Monday. Then we'll be rolling on soon here into trades and free agency. Just keeping the party going here. And, guys, I appreciate you all for being here. Um, Just continue and try to put you guys out the best content we can. Um, Obviously, Pete will be busy all weekend. Anything you need, uh, Pete will be firing up over at NFL Spin Zone. Uh, So as we shift tomorrow from offense and defense here for the next two days of the Combine, we'll have it obviously cover you that way. Uh, the Locked On Browns Twitter account, always keep it a follow back. Uh, guys, anything, look, I'm getting a lot of DMs over there, and I appreciate it. Stuff you guys don't want to put on Twitter, that's fine. Just send me a DM over there. I'll be f- I, I, you know, I'm more than welcome to answer it. I have no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, me, personally, at Jeff, LJ, uh, at, at Jeff, underscore, LJ, underscore, Lloyd. Go ahead and do uh, follow me over there. Uh, like I said, guys, always iTunes rating reviews. Huge for the show. This helps you know, draw more uh, Browns fans in. If nobody's following, pick up the phone, subscribe for them, please. Do them a favor and tell them you did a favor. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.